Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. All right, welcome to the show, Gearheads. We just watched an amazing British Grand Prix with Lewis Hamilton winning with two laps to go. What a what a finish. This is John Massengill sitting in the studio in Austin, Texas, joined by my cohort Les Kaiser and Mr. Bob Varsha via Zoom. Les, what'd you think? I uh, loved it. I loved it. Loved it. Wish it had been about uh, three laps shorter, but I loved it. <laughs> Come on. You got to give it to Lewis Hamilton at home. Uh, great drive. Great drive on Lewis's part. Uh, well, we got to start to talk about the start of the race, man, with that crazy, violent crash from Max Verstappen with Lewis Hamilton getting penalized 10 seconds for that. And one thing I, I tweeted this out, I noticed that that collision was so it was so hard with the wall with the tire wall because the gravel did not slow down Max Verstappen at all he literally skipped across it like a rock skipping across the water and hit that tire wall at full impact Bob Varsha what do you think uh, well first of all what do you think about the penalty and and Max Verstappen uh you know being taken out by Lewis Hamilton with the Hamilton being penalized 10 seconds um, I thought it was an unnecessary penalty, really. Um, I thought the uh, the commentators on the various media hit it about right. I mean, it's the first lap of the race. It's, you know, two very aggressive guys going for it. Yes, uh, I think Karun Shandok's uh, analysis was the best. Yes, Lewis could have left more room. He wasn't near the apex of the corner, as he should have been. Yes, Max could have given Lewis more room, and he didn't need to turn in where he did. I just heard in Lewis's post-race interview that he was fully alongside Max. No, he wasn't. Um, you know, but that's human nature. You know, he, he at yeah. first Lewis said, I was in front. And then he, you know, thought about it and then realized, well, I was alongside anyway. No, you weren't. And just as he was asked the question after the race, he hesitated before answering. I'm sure he was thinking, how do I respond to this? You know, my, my rival is, is in the hospital getting checked out. Um, how do I respond? Uh, and again, he said I was fully alongside, but he wasn't. So, yeah, I think the penalty was a little harsh. I think you let him race, um, but you can't take anything away from Lewis's drive back after that. Uh, it's a shame. Max Verstappen is still the championship leader by seven points, I guess. Brilliant move, I thought, by Red Bull to put Sergio Perez, who was uh, – in no way going to score points on the race. So pull him in, put him on a set of the softest tires and prevent Lewis from getting that bonus point for fast lap because you have to finish in the top 10 to get it. Perez took it to wherever he finished, uh, you know, deep in the teens mm-hmm. uh, and prevented that. So, you know, it'll be a it'll be a, a key moment in the championship going forward, no doubt about it. And let me run down the order. Lewis Hamilton wins over Charles Leclerc. And followed by Botas, Lando Norris, Daniel Ricardo in fifth, Carlos Sainz, Fernando Alonso, Lance Stroll, Esteban Ocon, and Yuki Tsunoda in tenth in the points. Pierre Gasly, George Russell, Giovinazzi, Latifi, Raikkonen, Perez down in sixteenth. Mazepin finished ahead of Schumacher, and Sebastian Vettel did not finish the race after a spin. And Max Verstappen, of course, after that violent crash into the tire wall, but. 
But Les, what about you? What did you think about, do you agree with Bob about the penalty or what do you think? I think the penalty was harsh. I think it was a racing incident. And, uh, you know, it it just, uh, they showed some camera views and replays of it, a few different areas of it. I was like, okay, I get that they both could have given agreeably, but it's racing, That's so that's not going to happen. But, uh, you know, it's what we wanted to see. That was some of the hardest racing we've seen all year, in my opinion. And then, yeah, unfortunately, two of them, two powerhouses came together, and that was the result. Glad Max got up and walked away. Uh, but, no, I, I think the penalty was too harsh, even though I... I would have preferred to see, uh, you know, Leclerc win. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's that. But uh, technology-wise, how about how long it took them to remove that car? Yeah, that was interesting, wasn't it? The car yeah. sat there for several minutes, and assuming it was the energy, yeah. the, the the battery system that didn't allow them to get near the car for a few minutes. And the, the reason I said that is I was sitting there watching it, is why is the car still there? There's nobody really touching the car and then it was like ah wait a minute you know around industrial safety we have that don't anybody touch this till we know it's secured uh, for sake of electrical purposes then we saw a couple of the red bull team members come up and plug into the car and at that point you know my experience like you said from somewhere else says that they are de-energizing the car and making it safe to deal with and so uh, i think that's what we're going to learn from that state yeah, and Max Verstappen has been taken to the local hospital. Uh, I want to make sure we mention that because we don't, you know, we're assuming that Max is okay. He definitely just looked a little stunned, didn't he, when he was out of getting out of the car. And I think he definitely got his bell rung. When they first showed his onboard camera from the T-bar, his helmet wasn't moving. And I thought, oh, boy, he, he's at least unconscious. I don't know that that's true, but seeing him, take the time he did to get out of the car and wobble the way he did when he got out of the car. I think he, he probably spent a, a, a few seconds at least in La La Land there, and, uh, and I hope he's okay as a we, result. We thought the exact same thing. We also noticed how long it went without them showing uh, anything up close to see what he was doing or yeah, even it was, the vehicle. It was, what, a couple of minutes? Because we saw the same thing, Bob. We were in the studio holding our breath because yeah. saw no helmet movement, and then it was at least – I mean, it seemed like longer, but it was probably a couple of minutes before they showed any shot of Max's car or anything. So uh, he definitely, that's, uh, yeah. That's sort of standard procedure for television in the mm -hmm. case of heavy accidents. You don't presuppose anything. You don't dig in close. Uh, you um, you be respectful. You back out until the, the situation is fully known. Uh, and then you do what you do from there. But. Yeah, that was that was well done, I thought. And looking at the car, the condition of the car, I mean, I haven't seen a car look that bad since Grosjean, and before that, even a long time. Bob, do you remember a car looking that demolished? Well, given the, the state of current Formula One design, sometimes I can't tell if a car that's perfectly <laughs> healthy has been crashed to 10,000 hells. You know, it's just just the way the cars look these days. But yeah, I agree. That was a massive impact. The cars all have uh, sensors on them to deter detect the G-forces, which is then radioed to the medical car that's chasing. So the doctor has some idea of what he's going to be looking at when he gets there. So in the fullness of time, we'll find out just how big that impact was. And, and it was a big one. I, I can't recall, you know, other than Grosjean's accident in Bahrain, as you mentioned, um, one quite so quite so heavy. And that was into a tire wall. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty crazy looking. And when, when they and showed it, exposed yeah. And when they showed it, uh, being put on the trailers, when you really saw it, uh, we do have a couple of callers on the line. Let's, uh, let's grab some of these folks here. We got, let's start with Rob. Hey, Rob, welcome to speed city. How are you? How was, how'd you enjoy the race? Oh, it was incredible. You know, I got to agree with you guys. I, I think, I think Lewis was, had the position, and Max came down on him. I know Max is an aggressive guy, but, you know, the 10 seconds was harsh. And, and one thing about Formula One that blows my mind is the, the safety. I mean, that was 51G hit. But he, you know, he's maybe in the hospital. We don't know exactly how he is. But the fact he's not dead right now is a testament to the safety of Formula One. And, and what a drive by Lewis at his home course. 
it was just incredible. Yeah, that was fun. I, I have to admit, I was I wanted Leclerc to win the race, but after it was inevitable, I, I realized that this is going to be great for the home crowd and and great for great for the you know adding to the legacy that Lewis Hamilton has as winning in front of his home crowd like that. So. Well, uh, Rob, what'd you, by the way, what'd you think of the whole weekend and everything, the, way, the format and everything, the way it laid out? You know, I, admittedly, I was, I was unsure how it all worked until, you know, I really dug into it Friday, Saturday, and I, I thought it was great. I'm, I'm a big NASCAR fan. I've just gotten into Formula One the past two, three years, and it reminded me a lot of the Daytona Speed Weeks with the, the duels of Daytona, and I, I thought it was really cool, and I, I really enjoyed having three days of, of action to watch, and it, it just seemed like nonstop every morning there was something to turn on and watch. So I was a big fan. Well, great. Well, Rob, thanks for calling. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you listening. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. All right. Let's um, let's go to Robert. Robert, you have a comment on the penalty on Hamilton. Yeah, I, I you know, I'm, I, I want to talk about the thing that everyone's going to want to talk about after this race. But what an incredible race. Thanks for the coverage, guys. And, uh, you know, I think it comes down to the penalty should reflect what we want to see out of racing. And um, I know none of us want to see anyone get hurt, but we've got the two best guys in the game right now coming side by side into a turn. And do you want one of the guys to have to back down in order to avoid a penalty? Or do you want to see who can come out of that turn, who has the most guts to ride through it? So I think, like you guys, I think the penalty's harsh on that one. Yeah, we want, we've been waiting really for, I was going to say all season, but a lot longer than that, to have yeah. this exact thing going on. You're, you're spot on, Robert. This is exactly what we want to see and we finally got it and let's don't mess it up with a bunch of penalties. I totally agree. And I mean, we've just seen these guys neck and neck in the standings, but outside of print, we don't get them to see him race like that to see who's going to come out of that. And they both were determined to come out of that turn in front and we got to see what happened. And that's the risk of, uh, of not giving in is that, uh, you know, you run the risk of being pushed in the wall and that's what happened. So I think that's fair racing. It's the difference between golf and rugby. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Fair enough, and I don't, I don't watch too much golf. So. <laughs> I don't watch either one of those. <laughs> but you you do. You want that, you know, uh, the phrase came from an old football documentary, I think it was, a sense of battle on a friendly field. No, we're not trying to hurt each other out here, but we want the competition. Right. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Thanks, guys. I appreciate the coverage. Hey, Robert, thanks a lot. Uh, let's see. We got a couple of regulars on the line. Let's go to George in Virginia. Hey, buddy, how are you? I'm good, gentlemen. How's everything? Great coverage as usual. Thank you, sir. Um, I'm going to use an analogy that some of the American viewers may have an attachment to. I think this was Lewis Hamilton's flu game moment. I mean, he came from adversity at the beginning. I mean, this literally has every type of emotion you want in a race besides great racing. So if you want to introduce formula one to a novice this is the race to show because it literally had everything the one thing my nitpick i would say and i know we can blame the weather i never remember seeing so many pit mistakes by multiple f1 teams in a race before mm-hmm. i mean i really misused i know it was hot i know you know there was other factors but that was kind of surprising yeah i heard the commentators comment on that i Bob, have you ever heard of that, of the heat causing I, – I've never heard of the heat causing, you know, the gun problems. No, nor have I. Um, and uh, I'm not sure heat was the reason. I mean, it might have been. You know, everything kind of changes its shape when it gets excessively hot or excessively cold. But, um, yeah, those issues from several different teams getting wheels on and off um, – was curious. I don't think we've seen not so much. We haven't seen that issue before, but the fact that we saw it in various garages up and down the pit lane, as our uh, listener pointed out, it's uh, it's very unusual. Maybe one gun- quick thing, which was great, was hearing um, Horner and <laughs> and Mercedes plead to the stewards total for wolf. position. That, that total wolf. That was beautiful. That was that. <laughs> There's another expression that American sports fans are familiar with, working the refs. <laughs> That's exactly right. I was waiting on one of them to jump off the perch and flay on the ground like a soccer player. 
All right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's true, Les. In agony. Hey, George, thanks for calling, buddy. We appreciate all the, um, the, the times you've called in and listened. We appreciate it. Uh, guys, let's go ahead and take a quick break, get our first break. And when we come back, we got a couple more callers on the line. we got Andy P., regular, and uh, we got some others holding. You're listening to Speed City Live from Austin back after these messages. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast why why if you have t-mobile 5g home internet you might be hearing this a lot why every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours why why because your network gives priority to cell phone users why good question why not switch to cox internet with two times faster download speeds than t-mobile 5g home internet during peak hours okay stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5g home for details t-mobile prioritizes certain t-mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky. The source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing. WindingRoadRacing.com. Talk 13.7, the right choice. Hello to everyone, this is Gunther Steiner, this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. We got to get Gunther back on. There hasn't been a whole lot to talk about. Maybe we'll get him on uh, towards the end of the season. Talk about Producer, next year. Keep your finger on the button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, we got a couple of callers. Let's, I'm not cheating. I'm going to. <laughs> let's go to. Let's go to Andy P. Andy, uh, what did you think of the race today and the whole weekend? Oh, just an outstanding show. I think um, from, from the entire weekend. I mean, I thought the new format uh, it reinvigorated the Friday. Saturday was fun uh, for what it was, and this race was absolutely off the hook. Well, I I can't disagree with any of that. I'm 
I've been kind of holding back my own opinion, but I, I, I think that the, I mean, if they tweak it, fine, but I think they've stumbled across something here with this, with this format. And I know people are still both sides of this, but, but, but yeah, I, I have a hard time arguing with the race today. It was pretty great. I, I really wanted to see Max and Lewis go at it more and more, but I, I have a feeling that had Max gotten out a front in front, he probably would just run with it. But, but it was also some good racing behind that too, Andy. What else did you? What about your McLaren team? You happy today? Well, yeah. I mean, you can't be not happy with a P four and a P five. <laughs> but I mean, I think everybody in the top six today has something they can be super happy about. And something that they can also be kind of upset about, you know, both <laughs> McLaren and Ferrari had the bad pit stops. So, you know, what would have those, what would those days have looked like without those? Um, but the Ferrari man, uh, when that thing gets in hot weather, uh, that's a different car. And Leclerc drove his, his rear end off today. So I give him full, full respect from a rival team uh, fan. <laughs> uh, we were sitting, you know, we were standing. We were truly standing when we saw Leclerc coming in for the pit stop, just holding our head, <laughs> holding our breath. It was like, please don't sabotage this. But after seeing, you know, what else had happened. So it was, uh, yeah, that, that was a tense pit stop for us. <laughs> hey, I, I am looking down at my notes, and it says, lap 19, Leclerc turns off his engine. <laughs> because what the heck was going <laughs> on? Uh, what was going on with the buttons in the Ferrari team? Andy, what do you think was going on there? reprogramming a car while going 200 miles an hour and trying to watch out for your tires and everything else that's going on. I mean, it's one of the reasons these drivers are, are what are the best in the world. And it's, and it's just fun to watch them do what they do. You know, hey. I, I, I called out the solution right there. Like we do in the engineering world, you do the dead man, the two, the two hand. You yeah. Know, you should never be able to turn off buttons. the engine. With, yeah. With yeah. You must accidental... hit two buttons. If you want to turn off your engine at 200 miles per hour. <laughs> Hey, Andy, thanks for listening, buddy. Thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Yep, yep. Looking forward to the rest of this awesome season. These don't come around very often. Absolutely. So that is a great You're point. Here. Thanks, Andy. Yeah, you know, I, was, I said that to Les right in the middle of the race. I was just like, you know what? This has just been an amazing season, and it just keeps giving. So uh, we got one more caller holding. Uh, Bryn, you, the, the producer said you had a really good point from the, uh, from the race. Yeah, I predicted the Lewis win, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, Lewis. <laughs> you can toot your own horn. It's yeah, okay. You get the credit. Well, my, my surname is Lewis, so I got to support Lewis. <laughs> there, there you go. There you go. Hey, well, thanks. And, uh, <laughs> thanks for, thanks okay. for listening. But what, what else about the race did you, uh, did you, do you want to comment on? Well, I think, uh, obviously I, I couldn't see cause I'm driving. I, I'm going to watch it tonight. But I think uh, Lewis shouldn't have been penalised, even though it didn't matter. But it, it gave us a good race at the end when he, you know, he caught Leclerc. But um, I think it was just a racing incident. Um, so and then, so yeah, it, it it brought a good race to the end where you know to catch Leclerc with with two laps to go. I was hoping for a Lewis, uh, a Bottas, and a, a Norris uh, top three, but uh, Norris got fourth, so that's still good. But I'm biased, obviously, being a Brit, but uh, yeah. thank you so much for broadcasting it because, uh, uh, like I say, this year I've just come back into it after o- over 30 years of watching it, but the last five I've given up. But now I'm, I am I was jumping like a madman in my truck when uh, Lewis was catching him. So <laughs> uh, thank you so much. Uh, well, thanks. Yeah. Thanks a lot for tuning in, and congratulations for being a Brit today. That was a fun, fun weekend for you and a great win for Lewis Hamilton. Thanks, Bryn. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you again. Uh, hey, Bob. Yeah, I wanna... That was in the same boat. That, you... I, had, I had to use the bathroom with about 15 <laughs> laps to go in that race, but there was no way I was leaving the couch, so I <laughs> yeah. sat there with my legs crossed for 15 laps. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I was just looking through my notes, and I saw that, I remembered that I'd forgotten, but Lewis, I mean, uh, Lando Norris had a horrible pit stop. What was it like six seconds and still yep. ended up uh, finishing yeah. fourth. So that was good for the uh, McLaren team. Yeah. Lando to me showed what we've been learning of Lando, you know, for, for quite a while now and everything played out well. Yeah. there. I mean, to be honest, I mean, short of Max being out of the front crew, Sergio was a, a cost, uh, was a loss in that. And so, Lando is looking phenomenal to me. Uh, I think he's got a long career ahead in this sport. Uh, no doubt. 
Um, so I, I, you were talking about driver of the day, well, right? I said, I said earlier, I thought this time. Go ahead, Bob. Driver of the day. Um, well, you know, I, I think you got to kind of go with Lewis. I'm tempted to say Charles Leclerc, but, you know, Lewis got the job done um, and once again showed that he just is – you know, a generational kind of talent in a Formula One car. I don't want to hear about how great the Mercedes is. Yeah, they did a great job trying to close the gap to Red Bull. And keep in mind that Mercedes has said that these are the last updates that are going to go on this car for the rest of the year. Yeah. So that, you know, we, we, we haven't seen the end of this. And I was thinking of the midfield, big swing in the championship up front between drivers and constructors, but Think of the midfield. Ferrari finishes two and six. McLaren four and five. Yeah. Alpine seven and nine. Alpha Tauri ten and eleven. So I didn't get any point for the second place. But you know, this is this is a huge uh, cauldron in the midfield with tens of millions of dollars at stake, and it's it's being hard fought while the teams are trying to get their designs together for that new car they're going to introduce next year. Yeah, and and didn't Fernando Alonso have another? You know, oh, we had, he had a great race on Saturday and a great race on Sunday. Finishing seventh. That's awesome. Love yeah. it. Anxious to see him job. back in. And, and you know, I'm anxious. I'm, I'm anxious to see George Russell in a Mercedes. <laughs> uh, look at Lance Stroll. Where did he start, <laughs> Bob? Know, like 14th? Had... <laughs> Where did Stroll start? Yeah, I think he started down like 14th and um, finished in eighth. So Lance Stroll had a fantastic day. Yeah, 14th. And he'd just been slumping, hadn't he? Yep. And Yuki Tsunoda. Yeah, and, you know, this kind of brings to the fore, it, it, it kind of brings to the fore that there is a significant difference between qualifying and racing. You know, you had guys who qualify well and then don't race well. Um, I thought George Russell had a very um, shady afternoon. You know, I, I really expected more out of him, driving with a little anger after the three grid spot penalty. Uh, he's shown so much recently. Um, I thought his his race was kind of uninspiring considering what he has done previously in the Williams. But, you know, we don't know what problems he might have been dealing with during the race. That's true. And George Russell, of course, finishing down in 12th. Uh, like I was saying, Yuki Tsunoda finished in the points at 10th. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I was watching Raikkonen when uh, who was Raikkonen have that great battle with? That was was it uh, was it? Um, oh, it may have been Perez when he was was it? Who was it? with Perez before before Kimi was was punted. I think there was contact there. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you're right. You're right. Because I was questioning uh, immediately. I went back to some of the penalties Perez has already experienced this season, and mm -hmm. wondering if that was going to come up. And once again, team orders to Botas, and he stepped down pretty much as expected or as asked, I should say. Um, Bob, what do you think about the Botas and how that plays into his entire future and the way he's been with the team and everything so far? Well, that's something for folks inside the team to tell us. I mean, depending on which rumor you choose to listen to, either Mercedes has already made the decision and they'll announce it between now and Spa in the coming weeks, or they're still kind of weighing up Russell versus Botas. I mean, Botas was, was good today. I mean, he did a great job, drove a great race. He caused Lewis no problems either yesterday in the sprint race, whereas I mentioned, I thought Botas backed out to allow Lewis to to recover in second place behind Verstappen in the sprint qualifying. Um, you know, today he gave a, a great effort. He, uh, no, no problems when he was told to let Lewis go by. He knew that had to be coming. Uh, so, yeah, I think Botas did a good job. I, I can see, and another reason I feel bad about George Russell's race, because I'd like to see a resurgent Williams, because I'm thinking what, what Mercedes might want to do is switch Russell and Botas and send Botas back to the Williams team that he raced four years ago especially if it's a you know a reasonably competitive drive yeah that's a good point if williams gets a little more competitive that would be interesting mm -hmm. um hey we haven't talked about this but this is hamilton's eighth british grand prix win i mean that that is just incredible i mean really that's a 
Yeah. That is a stat for the ages, isn't it? Yeah, that yep. to That's me is amazing. All-time best winning your home Grand Prix that many times. I was looking for any stats on the crowd size. I haven't seen that yet, but the crowd obviously it looked huge, and I was looking to see if if they had uh, if Formula One had announced their driver, if the fans the vote had shown their driver of the day. It was it was Charles Leclerc most of the race. I don't know if you guys saw that, but but I don't see if they had actually. If that if the crowd had switched to Lewis Hamilton at the end there, and look, I, I was when it first happened when the penalty first came down, and uh, I thought Hamilton's still going to win it. And then at one point, I thought, wait a minute, this Leclerc could potentially take this for the win. But man, when Hamilton started chasing him down and was consistently a second a lap all the way down, I mean. And even with that one lap when he was charging the batteries or whatever, he was still like seven or eight tenths up. So the pace of the Mercedes was just absolutely no match. You know, that I mean, that that there's no way that Leclerc could have held him off. I mean, it wasn't even close. Absolutely. That was, uh, you know, we're, I was joking around about playing the Jaws shark theme coming up, but uh, you just saw it chipping away. We did the math early on. It's like, okay, it's within reach. Depend, you know, a lot of it was based on the traffic. Bob, what about the tires? You know, we saw that it's how the tires, the medium tires, blistered up very severely in the sprint race on Saturday after only 17 laps. But we saw, what, 27, 28, 29 out of some. And Leclerc got how many laps out of his medium tires? It was over 30, if I, I'm not mistaken. But what do you think the difference was, Bob? You think they were just really pushing it in the sprint race? Yeah. Yeah, there was that. And I think because uh, you know, you're going to throw away the tires after 17 laps anyway. Um, and I think the teams did some of the allowable adjustments under the Park for May rules to, you know, pressures and all that kind of stuff, wings and sorts of things. In fact, I was surprised to hear the commentators during the race talk about what various teams had done to their cars uh, after the uh, sprint qualifying yesterday. Um, so, yeah, I think the, the teams adjusted to the conditions to the tires. No talk at all about the rear tires. Remember, this is probably the fastest race since Baku. Well, it's easily the fastest race since Baku, where we had all those rear tire problems. Pirelli responded with a new rear. Teams approved it. And there were no issues today with the rears, as far as I could tell, other than just getting the wheels on and off the damn cars. <laughs> yeah. And so, there was also the fact that I just thought it was interesting the way Lewis Hamilton's, uh, with the Lewis Hamilton crash with Max, how Max's tire quickly deflated and came off completely came off the rim yeah yeah and and i thought that was interesting and i thought i wonder if you know we do have a we did have a tire change of of construction style you know of pirelli after and and recent races so i thought i wonder if that had anything to do with it but well look we need to take another quick break well we'll continue our discussion about that and all of the rest of the british grand prix plus we want to talk about the new car the 2022 car that's been released and lots more. You're listening to Speed City back after a quick break. Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man. Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? 
Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Hi, I am an official Texas license plate from MyPlates.com, and I'm here to say it's time to get personal, people. Tell the world who you are with a personalized plate from MyPlates.com, like me. I'm talking favorite color, favorite team, favorite charity, and, of course, favorite state, Texas. Add your own message, and then the magic really happens. I'm the official Texas license plate from MyPlates.com, and I want to be your license plate. Go to MyPlates.com and order me today. Now that's what I'm talking about. When you're looking for traditional Tex-Mex, look no further than an Austin favorite, one in a million. Serving original family recipes since 1980 and located just minutes from downtown at 2300 East Cesar Chavez, one in a million has your Tex-Mex fix every day of the week from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Breakfast is served all day. Homemade migas, enchiladas, and menudo. And try the Don Juan taco. Some say it's big enough to feed a family of four. One in a million. Online at oneinamillion.com. Austin's Talk, 1370. Hi, this is Max Steppen, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. I'm watching the Formula One Twitter feed and other places to see how Max Verstappen is doing. So, gentlemen, I uh, again, I was still haven't seen anything on Max Verstappen, uh, but let's go to Drew down in Houston. And Drew had a comment about the sprint race. How's it going, Drew? Good, good. Hey, I wanted to say I'm a, a new fan. I found out about y'all at NASCAR at Coda. They played the post-race show out there, and I'm been listening every week since really enjoy it oh very cool so you're a nascar anarchist and an f1 fan yeah well started with nascar and came over to f1 indycar too but yeah i love the content guys so just give a little kudos but i wanted to talk uh about the sprint you know i think what would make that a lot more fun is if they had some kind of required pit stop or tire change just to, to shake it up you know and you'd probably have to take the qualifying piece out of it, but I think that would really kind of make that a lot more fun. Okay. I, I love this discussion, all the different yeah. ideas. And, uh, yeah, what were you going to say, Les? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I, I agree with that. I mean, that right now I feel like I'm just collecting all these ideas, trying to think how they play into it. That would definitely induce different things. Some people say that breaks up and it's no longer a sprint because there was something about that brought up as well of what if you have to have two tire compounds during the sprint, even mm. even at the uh, shorter lap. Uh, so uh, I'm good. I'm kind of good with uh, whatever. Let's just keep collecting these ideas. FIA and F1, are they are continuing to refine and develop this idea. Yeah, but, and that's but, the whole uh, idea here. Hey, I wanted to ask one thing. You said you were at COTA for NASCAR. Have you been for Formula One? No, but I got my tickets for this year. I'm real excited. All right. Fantastic. Awesome. I, I want to hear back from you after that and just hear kind of the uh, the compare and contrast from you after that trip. We'll, uh, and definitely, oh, yeah. Happy to. And definitely follow Speed City on all the social media outlets because on race weeks, we tell you the coolest place to be and not all <laughs> of them are pricey. Some of them are you kind of got to know somebody or, you know, <laughs> you got to follow Speed City to get in. And uh, we always keep the race week busy for you well you got my business don't worry gentlemen <laughs> all right hey jay drew thanks a lot we appreciate it y'all take care now all right thanks. and that's when you know he's calling from the right place y'all <laughs> y'all take care now he's stealing my line <laughs> uh hey bob let me ask you um you know going going through all of this i mean have you heard any of the comments like from from just now from those callers have you heard anything that you think we maybe should implement into the sprint race? Anything in particular? 
No, I don't think so. I mean, it 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 is. I hate the phrase. It is what it is. But uh, you know, it's what Formula One wanted to do. Ross Braun, who's the the head of uh, Formula One technology and competition, or whatever the heck his business card says. Um. He loves it. He said he thinks the fans love it. So I think they're pretty pleased with what they've got. Um, doesn't mean they, they can't tweak it a little bit. And I'm hearing some interesting ideas. But uh, I mean, of course, like anybody, I like my own idea, which is lock in the front row Friday, race for a position on Saturday, and then uh, on Sunday have the Grand Prix. I think there's a, a perception out there that somehow sprint qualifying by even calling it a race somehow detracts from the Grand Prix that weekend. And I, I don't think that's the case. At least it doesn't to me. I know hey, what yeah. it is. You know, it's, it's, it's meant to be entertainment. It's meant to be competition. You know, it's, it's something fun and significant in the, at the same time in that it, it sets the grid for, uh, for Sunday's Grand Prix. But there's no challenging the Grand Prix and its importance to the weekend. So I'm not sure what the sensitivity is all about. I can't agree more because what's who cares? Why don't even if it's if it, it is a race, let's face it, it's a race. It just has less significance. What, you know, what 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 do we care about what it's called? I, I don't think that I don't see why that's even a a, right. a worry at all. Huh. Uh, looks like we've got another caller on the line. Um, uh, Mike from Montana. Oh, this is our Corvette hauler, Mike. Hey, Mike, how's it going, buddy? Hey, I'm having a great day. How about you guys? Oh, we're having a fantastic day after that race. Are you kidding? In this that's, weekend? That's what I was just telling your producer uh, on the phone, that this is all it's, as I've told you guys, it used to be you're solely by yourself with a cup of coffee and the dog. And now we've got people from America that are talking before and after the race. Huh? I'm loving it. <laughs> There you go. There you hey, go. Mike, have you seen have you seen the ESPN numbers? I was reading. I, I told these guys. I tweeted out this weekend a tweet from a uh, an article to the New York Times where Luke Smith did an article all about how Netflix and Drive to Survive has raised the level of American attention, but also the ESPN numbers. How we're, we've gone from averaging around six hundred thousand, maybe even less. I think it was under six hundred thousand viewers last year and year before to almost a million viewers this year. So you're absolutely right. Yeah. It's awesome. Isn't it? And what I'm thinking is speed city is doing their duties by themselves. Well, thank you, sir. We take that seriously because we do. <laughs> thank you, producer. We yeah, do. We do. We, te- you know, and we're providing a place for you guys to talk before and after the race. Right. And, and it is, uh, just having to listen to it at first i said okay yeah it sounds like a racing incident because they went hard at it and then of course i'm a little aggravated with sky being so favorite for their and they started throwing all the things that max did wrong and then after hearing you guys and describing it and all i'm thinking it really was harsh for hamilton and but it was i think a real fair a fight for first and as someone said earlier you know uh, hamilton the past few races has given maybe a little to let Max continue to go, thinking that he had the uh, equipment to go back after him, but that proved false. So I don't think he really had any choices. Someone had to come out the victor. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, say, uh, one last question. Uh, what do you think about Helmut Marco saying that that uh, that Lewis Hamilton should just be like just totally eviscerated and what was he saying, a race ban and everything Suspended else? Suspended for a race. <laughs> Suspended, yeah. I'm oh, thinking... Nice. I'm thinking he's having a knee-jerk reaction. He's got to sit back, have a bourbon, and then say, well, you know, maybe I didn't let it all soak in. <laughs> or maybe he'd already had the bourbon. Maybe that was the problem. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you know, that was the comment that that spurred me to think that uh, this is where we need to see him drop off the perch and roll around on the floor like a soccer player, you know, because I was like, that is so overdone suspension for that. That is ridiculous. Yeah. So. Little, little over the top. Uh, all right. Well, thanks a lot, Mike. Appreciate it, buddy. Be safe out there on the road, hauling Corvettes. We talk to you soon and we have another caller. Uh, we've got Jay, what's going on? You got a, another take on today? Yeah, I think Lewis should have backed out, man. That was Max's line going in. Max had the lead. It was Max's line going in. Lewis should have gave to him, and I kind of agree with the 10-second penalty because he could have killed the guy. And I did hear you guys talk about another really bad wreck. I can't remember who it was, 
I think it was 2016 in Japan. He went under the bulldozer that was cleaning up a different car, and he actually got killed from it. Oh, yeah, true. That was another really bad one. Yeah. I think it was 16. Yeah. I forget. Yeah, that's about there right. Was another really close one. Yeah, that was... There was another really close one that you guys were talking about that I thought of and everything, but I think it was Max's line. I'm actually driving. My brother-in-law saw it. I was listening to it. I believe it was Max's line, and Lewis should have backed out. And then he did the same move three more times, or two more times on Leclerc and his teammate. That's a dangerous move in that turn at those games, man. Yep. What yeah. was that, Bob? I, just, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah. And there's certainly room for that opinion, given the situation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's absolutely room for that opinion. That's exactly – that's a good way to put it because, I mean, look, this, this they have to slow that down to crazy frames per second to start looking at where Mac, you know Hamilton's car was next to Max and all that. And I don't have any problem with anybody's opinion on that. Jay, thanks. We appreciate you calling – Gentlemen, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll continue that discussion and lots more. You listen to Speed City back after a quick break. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Motivation USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiast looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP-inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at MotivationUSA.com. That's MotivationUSA.com. Welcome to Name Your License Plate. I'm Biff Biffington. All right, Mary Lou, for the cash, the drip, and a new car, name your license plate. Easy. My plate is ADD24. ACL, ATM, ABC, ACDC, AAA. I can't remember my plate. You should have gotten a personal Texas plate from MyPlates.com. They're so memorable. And I could have saved 40% with a five-year commitment. Be a winner and order your personalized license plate from MyPlates.com. Austin's Talk 1370. Hi, this is Gene Haas, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. I want to talk about, now we got basketball this weekend, guys. I want to talk basketball. Okay, not really. Well, I, I want to talk about the Phoenix Suns because I was watching, I was looking at the McLaren car and it's got Phoenix Suns stickers all over it. I was like, what is up with that? And I had to go digging. But Bob, you had already done the digging on that, hadn't you? In a manner of speaking, yeah. I actually <laughs> texted uh, Zach Brown, who, as we know, was home this weekend because of a COVID infection. Um, but he, uh, he confirmed that they have an investor in the team who lives in Phoenix and is also a part owner of the Phoenix Suns NBA team. So uh, Zach said, you know, as a nod to him, they uh, went ahead and uh, put the stickers on the car, which is kind of fun. The guy's name is where did I, I saw it somewhere. Oh yeah. I saw it. I think no, I even put it in there. Gentlemen. Yeah. I, I saw it too, Bob. I put it in the show doc here. I'll see if I can grab it here, but, um, but Yeah. It's name. His name is John Najafi. Yep. Um, and obviously, he's a very wealthy individual. Yeah, he's a vice chairman of McLaren Racing in his role with MSP Sports Capital. 
So one of those investment houses that uh, has a shareholder, the shareholder in McLaren Racing. So I just thought Another that was American involvement in Formula One. Exactly. Exactly. What I was talking about. And there's been so much, you know, in the first few years of doing this show, Bob, we started in 2012. We had to seek out any sort of American involvement. Now I can't even keep up with it all. There's so many different, you know, we've got <laughs> we've got two different you know, those investment companies like that and, you know, um, investment banks or whatever they are, you know, one in, involved in Williams and Doralton Capital. And now we got these guys involved in McLaren. And yeah, a new technology company has partnered up with Alpine, an American based company. So, yeah. and our own yeah, sponsor, CrowdStrike, continues I mean, to, uh, to become a more American sport, at least uh, up in the luxury boxes and deep in the garages and out on the pit wall, if not in the race cars. Well, what do you think about, you know, we had that caller earlier in the show talking about how he was fascinated by the sport because uh, I think he said he liked the science of it and the technology. What do you think about that? I mean, don't you think that America is kind of nerdy in that way? And that's, and that's why I think that, that Formula One is just ripe for growth here? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I mentioned uh, in our morning show pre-race that, uh, that one of the, the tweets that I saw about the whole sprint qualifying business was somebody saying, well, they just should get everybody equal cars and then see what happens. I mean, no, that's, that's, there is that that's IndyCar. Yeah, exactly. Know? We've already There's got that. Said that's NASCAR. You don't, you know, that's not formula one. Formula one is, yeah, it's an athletic competition. It's a driving competition, but it's also a technology competition. It's garage wars. It's, you have to get out there. You have to raise the money. You have to design and build your own car, grab an engine from somewhere and go racing, but you're not going to, you know, grab a, chassis off the shelf that's the same as the one everybody else has that's just not formula one well having I mean, auto racing was built really on that formula if you think about exactly. it because you know we always wanted you know it, it got to the point where uh we always wanted the fastest engine and and the best technology and it was always always this technology race but we got to a point with nascar and indycar it's like there's limitations to some degree of of uh, facilities and everything else, but creativity. Yeah, well, yeah, we just, we, I, I want, I love IndyCar, right? And NASCAR is fun to watch too, but, but I want Formula One to always yeah. be that. I always want it to be pushing and striving for the highest technology. The, I mean, when you see the G forces on the screen, you know, you have five point whatever, five point six Gs or whatever, and you know, yeah. you know that no other sport is even close to that now. Yeah, IndyCar's had some really high top speeds. And, you know, if, if we had the circuits for it, you know, you could say, all right, F1 car can be a 300 mile an hour car or whatever. But I just want my Formula One to be the pinnacle of technology. You know, it, it's funny. So uh, last week I watched the uh, Carrera Cup, the European version, at uh, Zandvoort, where the F1 guys are going. And they put in that banked curve. Now, it's not a Daytona style, you know, speedway bank curve but it's pretty banked for anything that formula one's been on i'm really anxious to see what they do with this what the speed does and what the g-force you know comes through as on yeah. that system it's going to be amazing and uh again technology in a different environment yeah. yeah hey speaking of our sport and the future of our sport what did you guys think of the 22 car what do you think les i'll start with you I like it. Uh, in particular, I like the 18-inch wheels. I mean, we're, we're not going for, you know, dubs or spinning hubs on it, but I like it. It's more <laughs> understandable. It's more recognizable. It also puts control back in the engineering of the vehicle and the suspension versus leaving those giant sidewalls to the tire manufacturer to manage. And so from, from a, uh, a driver's and a car owner stand, I think they're going to love that. Yeah, good point. Yeah. yeah, I would tend to agree. I think uh, the the underbody tunnels and the greater use of uh, of uh, grip from the from the actual chassis means they can do away with all of the you know, the side pod clutter and the floors and whatnot that um, have sprouted on all Formula One cars in recent years. It's sleek. It's simple. Every team will have its own variation because that's not the actual car. That's the concept. And then all the engineers dig through the rule books and they kind of try to do an end run about all of the rules uh, because the classic phrase is, 
It tells you what you can do. The rules don't tell you. They tell you what you can't not do. They don't tell you what you can do. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think the design is inspired. Uh, I think uh, we'll all love it when it comes along. There'll be bumps in the road, but I think it's a good direction for them to go in. And then keep in mind, in 2025, 2026, we'll get a new generation of Formula One powertrains. And those discussions are going on right now. Uh, I cannot wait for those discussions. So out at Circuit Americas yesterday, I had a great time sitting with some of the folks that listen, and they brought up, what do you think about Porsche? Well, we've talked about it before. Well, Porsche was involved in helping define the power unit specs coming up and the technology. And so do I think they're going to come back to F1 on their own? No, I don't think we're going to see a Porsche-branded car out there. But I would not put it past them to use the technology that they've learned in WEC and so many others and put power units out for somebody's use. Mm. Well, keep in mind, Porsche has announced a top flight endurance sports car program. They're going to have a, you know, Le Mans Daytona hybrid or hypercar or whatever they want to call it out there. And IMSA, the International Motorsports Association, who own the WeatherTech series, have announced that they and the Automobile Club of the West, who run the 24 Hours of Le Mans, are now in agreement about allowing these cars to run in uh, both series. So uh, the great days are coming for uh, endurance sports car racing, but for a company the size of Porsche, managing that kind of a prototype effort and yeah. a Formula One program is kind of out of the question. But I like Les's idea. Somebody wants to write a big enough check, by God, we'll put a few engineers on it over at, at uh, Luffinghausen or wherever, and um, yeah, don't put it past them to come up with something sweet. No, I, I'm like you, Les. I'm enthusiastic about having the Porsche brand back in Formula One. I just don't know how they're how they'll make it work. If they can just keep selling SUVs, more and more SUVs, that's what we want. Oh, <laughs> hey, uh, going back to the 22 car, you know, I was talking about how Formula One's the cutting edge, the bleeding edge, everything. Well, we had to do something about the the wheel size, Les, because we were running 13 inch tire, a uh, 13 inch rims. You can't be the cutting edge. I've seen those on golf carts now. <laughs> exactly. So. So, yeah. Hey, did you guys think about this? Bob, you mentioned IndyCar a couple times here. I saw an article, I forgot what, I think it was Auto Week, where they were talking about that IndyCar has made a mistake in this, this what, five-week break? I mean, they kind of like, when did they, they were, their point was that IndyCar has just fallen off the radar. Uh, I mean, it kind of, it's. what do you think about that, Bob, as far as, you know, five weeks, does it completely remove you from the, the landscape? Is that a bad thing? Well, yeah, it, it's not ideal. I think anybody would agree. But the fact is their television partner is NBC and they've got, you know, some contests going on over in Tokyo that huh. they are going to devote all day, every day for two weeks to. So, um, yeah, IndyCar kind of had to move aside and they canceled their Toronto race at Exhibition Place, which did them no good either. So, yeah, they've got like five weeks, I think the number is, before they race again on national television and you know that's just the way it is that's part of their deal with nbc hey bob we've just got a little bit of time a couple of minutes left but before we uh before we wrapped up i wanted to ask you about carlos rodeman um i know that you know he has was he passed away this past week at 79 years old and i know you wanted to comment on that well yeah i mean carlos rodeman one of the great names and one of the lesser appreciated names, I think, in Formula One. Um, I never met the man, but my old pit reporter in the ESPN Formula One days was Peter Windsor, who had been a Williams team manager and who knew Carlos very well. In fact, when, when Peter and Ken Anderson decided to start the USF1 Formula One team back in 2010, um, Peter called on Carlos Reutemann, a six-time Grand Prix winner, raced for four different terrific teams, but now a politician in his native Argentina. And Peter and Carlos together found the funding from, from the government, as I recall, of Argentina to fund driver Jose Maria Lopez, who was going to be one of the USF1 drivers before the whole project totally imploded. Of course, Lopez has gone on to, to fortune as an endurance driver with Toyota. But uh, Carlos Reutemann was a great driver. His former teammates had nothing but good things to say about him, including Mario Andretti who teamed with him at Lotus back in the day. Um, so uh, it's it's a big loss. Carlos Reutemann, another 
historic race-winning figure from Formula One who is now, you know, gone to the ages. Yep. Well, I appreciate you keeping us updated on that. Um, well, we're out of time. I want to thank the folks that are watching on YouTube right now. we got Christian and Winston and Justin and a few more, and I want to thank you all for tuning in. And we got some comments there, so we're going to start monitoring that as well. Thanks, everybody, who, uh, who tuned in on Facebook and Twitter and everywhere else. Uh, yeah, and if you don't mind, give us a like and, and give us a follow on those platforms. That'll help us out. And thanks a lot to everyone who called. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And, of course, we will be uh, Sunday nights at 7 p.m. Central every Sunday. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Ciao, y'all. Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.